0: This is a Saddleback Church Podcast. In his book, A Fellowship of Difference, author Scott McKnight introduces the illustration of a salad bowl. He describes the difference between the, quote, American way of eating a salad, just a bunch of iceberg lettuce, some tomatoes, and lots of dressing, the weird way of eating a salad, separate all of the different elements on your salad and just eat them separately and the right way of eating a salad. His book describes the right way as a gathering all of of your ingredients, some spinach, kale, chard, arugula, iceberg lettuce, and chop them into smaller bits. Then I cut up some tomatoes, carrots, onions, red pepper, and purple cabbage. Add some nuts and dried berries. Sprinkle some pecorino vermano cheese and finally drizzle over the salad some good olive oil which somehow brings the taste of each item to its fullest. McKnight ends the description by saying surely this is what God intended when he created mixed salad. The illustration is not lost on the reader and it's a perfect metaphor for the next part of the road to rediscovering the lost art of friendship. There are around. 8 billion people living right now, and God made and loves each and every one of them. We are all made in God's image, each with the uniqueness and diversity so defining of a God who loves diversity. When we intentionally enrich our circle of friends with a variety of differences, be it generational or ethnic, racial, gender, Socioeconomic status, a political view, we have the opportunity to better experience God's beautiful and diverse family. My guest today is Pastor Derwin Gray from Transformation Church in South Carolina. He is the author of several books, including The Good Life, Building a Multi Ethnic Church, and How to Heal Our Racial Divide. And in this conversation, we talk about the biblical roots for diversity, why it's important to be intentional and in how you broaden your circle of friends and some simple steps to growing deeper friendships. My name is Jason Wieland and this is Rediscovering the Lost Art of Friendship, a Saddleback Church podcast. Now, Derwin, I've been thinking of this idea of God's family being so diverse and with so much variance and difference, yet we often only see such a small part of it for ourselves. So, why is it important for us to expand or to broaden our circle of friends and intentionally embrace those who are different than us?
1: Yeah, that is such a great question, and it is a beautifully rich theological question that is actually rooted in the unity and diversity of God himself. So, as followers of Jesus, we believe that the one true God, Yahweh, is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And one of the beautiful pictures of the ancient church fathers is they talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit moving towards each other in this reciprocal, eternal love. And so, salvation is actually an invitation into the life and eternal celebration of God's love. And so, you have unity within diversity, right? Yes. So, the Father's not the Son, the Son is not the Father, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father nor the Son. One God revealed in three distinct persons. And so, when God creates, He creates this vast array of of image bearers. And so when you look throughout the world, it, you see all types of people, shapes and sizes, and then even the new heavens and new earth, when when everything is consummated, when it is done, when evil and death is vanquished, the new heavens and new earth is every nation tribe and tongue it is this eternal community of diversity and so this is deeply rooted not only in the nature and character of god but also god's original call to a man by the name of abraham in the old testament in genesis 11 god's people are scattered genesis 12 god calls abram changes his name to abraham which means father of many and he says i'm going to give you a family made up of all the nations right and galatians 3:16 ultimately says that jesus is the seed of Abraham. So, the way we say the Transformation Church is this way. Jesus not only forgave our sins, but he gave us brothers and sisters with different colored skins. And as we are unified, and as we love each other, we show that we're disciples and Jesus did come from the Father. So, uh, unity and diversity is a big, beautiful gospel thing.
0: Yeah, I think there's something that is so powerful of the idea that we have family, we have brothers and sisters all over the world, and they come from different experiences. They come from different cultures, different backgrounds. They have different ways that they worship. They have different ways that they that they view and live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus in their day-to-day life. And when we just stake in our own bubble, our own experience, we miss out on some parts of this picture, on, on, on a large part of this picture of what it means to live out being a part of, of the family of God all over the world.
1: Absolutely. And 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 so uh one of one of the emphases at Transformation Church is that we are an intentionally multi-ethnic church because of the gospel. And so, what's beautiful about an intentionally multi-ethnic church, people from different backgrounds, social economic back, backgrounds, is We all bring our differences to the same Jesus, and the same Jesus expresses himself differently through us. So, therefore, my difference makes up for something in someone else's life. Their difference makes up something else in my life. And so, we learn from each other because of our different points of reference, all pointing back to Christ. And so, discipleship is actually accelerated in a non-homogeneous context because you have different people from different perspectives around the same gospel. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People are different, but His eternal um, um, gospel and His expression is expressed differently through all of us. And so, my difference makes you better. Your difference makes me better. And one of the things that dark powers love to do is to create fear of the other. And so, we have brothers and sisters around us that we don't engage in relationship. And what happens is, is we miss out because of what's different about them and they miss out because what's different about us.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. So, so what do you think are some of the reasons it can be a struggle for us to seek out different types of people? It seems like sometimes it feels like you have to step out of your box, or you have to like think intentionally about okay, I I, I need to uh, find people or befriend people who are different than me, and and sometimes it's hey, having to push back fear or push or or you think of it as a risk. And I'm just curious as what you think about why it could be a struggle for us to immediately seek out different types of people.
1: Yeah. So I think I think the first thing is everything has to start with Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten Son that whoever believed in him should not perish. So if God the Father sent Jesus to reach everybody in the world, then I should as well. Not only reach them to come to Christ but to have relationship with them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Number two, Jesus said, go make disciples of all ethnos, all nations. So, we no longer have to go across the sea to do that. We can just go across the street Mm -hmm. to do that because ethnic diversity is everywhere. Number three, The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 23, I become all things to all men that one may know Christ. To the Jew, I'm a Jew. To the Gentile, I'm a Gentile. So, that means cross-cultural competency. Cross-cultural competency means I'm willing to listen and learn from the other Mm. and then One of the things that we say at Transformation Church, we make it really simple. We go, treat everybody like Jesus died for them. Have interest in everybody like Jesus has interest in in them. And then what I would also uh, say is this, is let's not forget, the devil loves division. And the devil has demons who have assignment to keep God's people divided based on political preferences, based on um, ethnic identity, all types of things, Jesus is the ultimate unifier. He creates a unified, holy people, and so we have to be intentional about that. Yeah, no, that just doesn't happen by accident.
0: Mm, I, no, I think that's I think that's a great point. In that I in that reminder of ourselves to be intentional, to make a point to, to see the importance and the necessity in, in going and doing so likewise, right? It's one thing to think about and be like, okay, I can appreciate that it's important to have a broad circle of friends to see that there are differences and to appreciate that. But it's another thing to then take the steps and go and do so.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you know, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor Mm -hmm. as you love yourself. Well, our neighbor is everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. And our neighbors are going to be different ethnicities, male or female, different ages. And we are called, but the motivation to go reach your neighbor, the calling to have relationships in Christ across ethnic barriers, social economic barriers, male, female Barriers is simply the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like God values people. One of the ways that you know you're growing in your faith is you begin to value what God values and God values people.
0: Yeah. But what are some examples of things that we might learn by forming relationships or or friendships with people who are different than us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I'll give you a couple examples uh, from my life. So, back in 2013, my daughter and I went to Calcutta, India, mm-hmm. and uh, we ministered to a group of people called the, uh, uh, they were in the Kalpar slums. And so many of them were from a lower caste. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, man, I'm going to go help these people with the gospel. But after being there for a few days, what I recognized was God sent me there to better learn how to be a disciple of Jesus because I've seen people with poverty that's unimaginable, but they were rich in their attitudes, rich in their faith, rich in how they shared their faith, rich in their life. And I left that trip going, yes, God used me to baptize some pe- people and I got to preach the gospel. But I left there going, Lord, may I have faith like these people who have so little, but have so much of you. And so, Indian culture is beautiful. Um, another way, going to to Norway. Um, so, I trained pastors in Norway for Uh, multi-ethnic ministry because people from all over the world are coming from Norway and the Norwegian church, the Norwegian born people are becoming more secular. So, you got people from Africa and India and all parts of the Middle East who love Jesus and they're like, help us build multi-ethnic churches. So, but one of the things that I learned though is how they engage politics there. There's 11 different political parties in Norway And none of them are Republican. None of them are Democrat. But yet there's this vibrancy of faith. And it helped me to come back to America to say, wait a minute, the church has been around for 2000 years. Nearly 100% of all people who've ever followed Jesus have not been Republican nor Democrat. Mm -hmm. It's pretty arrogant to make one's political position in America the litmus test of your faith think about this. There is cheese older than America in Europe. <laughs> and so, yes, politics are important, but we cannot divide over something Jesus bled to unite. So, even me as being an African-American, I'm able to give something to our congregation. Our congregation is probably 58% white, and then... uh 42% like black, Latino. I mean, it's just an incredible, beautiful mixture, but there's this beautiful mutuality, but it starts with this desire for cross-cultural competency. Um, we have two ears and one mouth to listen more. You know, you listen, you learn, you love and you leverage life for your brothers and sisters. And so ethnic diversity in the gospel. Is for our own good. Hmm. You know, um, even being in a relationship with Pastor Rich, I've learned so much from him. And he said that he's learned so much from me as well. We come from way different backgrounds, way different generations, but we have the same Jesus. And the same Jesus can teach us differently through each other and our backgrounds.
0: Yeah, and, and there is something to be said, even just about the way that that you worship the way that you express your love from uh, love for God is you can see just the differences as you said generationally there are, are differences there in how people thought about God like if you've never taken the time if you if you are of a younger generation and you've never taken time to open up a hymnal and just listen and sing these beautiful hymns that were so popular you know, many, many years ago, there's something that is beautiful in that. Or if you travel to different places and and see how they dance and use their bodies in their worship, there's something Mm -hmm. that is so beautiful in that. So you get to really see this whole beautiful tapestry of what God sees is beautiful praise and Mm -hmm. worship from his children all over the world.
1: 100%. One of the difficult things about the American church because of our history as Americans, is typically churches are built along racial slash ethnic lines. Mm -hmm. And what you'll have is people who've grown up in a mono-ethnic understanding, and they think that that little sliver is the expression of the church. And so, when you have multiple cultures together in Christ, it's multidimensional you grow and you're stretched and you're challenged by another person's perspective in the gospel yeah I, I, I mean if you even look at jesus's disciples you know one of them was a zealot which was a terrorist one of them was a tax collector you had you had you had fishermen you had you had all these people with different backgrounds and yet god used them powerfully
0: Yeah, that's so true. And and I think, too, you mentioned this a little bit ago, and I, I wanted to come back to it, is oftentimes when we think about having to broaden or expand our circle of friends, we're thinking in terms of demographics, right? We think about age, we think about ethnicity, we think about culture, but a big part of that can also just be expanding to include people who, you know, just think differently than you. Maybe they look like you and, and maybe they live on the same, you know, like a next door neighbor, but they have mm-hmm. a different sign in their yard than you might have a sign in your yard. And just that's that's another way to expand your circle by asking these questions of why and just trying to gain perspective from people who may look like you but think differently than you.
1: Yeah, you know what I, I call that? is being curious about people because God loves people. Asking questions, that's that's one of the great things is people love to talk about themselves and you can learn a lot about people. And particularly in this day and age where everybody's so lonely, mm. kindness and having a conversation will go a long way. Um, social media has a place, but it's never gonna replace face-to-face, skin-to-skin, life-to-life.
0: Yeah. You've mentioned already some key parts of the Bible that talk about the importance of diversity, that talk about the importance of, of expanding your outreach. I was curious if there are other parts of the Bible that you can think of now that really do a good job of talking about maintaining this broad array of friendships.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you when you um, just take a cursory glance, so let's look for example, Jesus in Luke ten tells the story of the Good Samaritan. I mean, guys, that that story would have got Jesus canceled in today's world. In the Jewish context, there's no such thing as a good Samaritan. That's like saying a square circle, right? It just wouldn't happen. The Jews and Samaritans had a 700 year ethnic and religious feud because in 722 BC, the northern 10 tribes of Israel were taken in captivity by the Babylonians and they came out as the Samaritans, different God, different ethnic vision. And so when Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan, he's saying, let me tell you about someone who's supposed to be your enemy. And what does he do? A Jewish man is beaten on the side of the road Two religious Jews, a Levite and a priest walk by. But what does the Samaritan do? He doesn't see an enemy. He sees a human. We will never love people beyond the label we give them. So if we say they're a Democrat, they're a Republican, they're Mexican, they're they're white, they're black. No, no, no. They're a human being first made in an image of God. And then what he does is he's not afraid to touch his wounds. He bandages him, pours wine on him, puts him on a donkey, pays for the ride, you know, pays for the room. So friends sacrifice for the others. But here's something that's not in the text, but I think I'm walking on good ground to make an inference. Can you imagine when the good Samaritan went back to Samaria and he told the other Samaritans that he hated Jews? I mean, that he helped Jews. Yeah. I mean, they would have saw him as a traitor. Uh, they would have been like, man, what are you like woke? And what are you, what are you trying to make Jewish lives great again? And Jewish lives matter. Like what's you're you're betraying our people. No, it's, Here's a person in need, and I could meet that need. And that's what true, authentic love looks like. So, that's one example from Christ about cross-cultural love. Another one is when he takes his disciples into Samaria for the Samaritan woman. Mm -hmm. So, in that trip, he not only breaks down the walls of racism, but then also the walls of misogyny because a Jew would have never talked to a Samaritan nor went through Samaria, but he's actually talking to a woman. The first person Jesus told he was the Messiah was a Samaritan woman. Now, get ready for this, bro. <laughs> what, is, what is a Samaritan? A Jew and a Gentile in one body. What's the church supposed to be? Jews and Gentiles in one body. What's the Samaritan? She was a woman. What's the church? A bride. What did the Samaritan woman go and do? She went to go tell others on mission. What is the church? The bride of Christ, Jews and Gentiles, going on mission to tell people about the Messiah. In the Samaritan woman, this text about the power of the gospel to break down ethnic barriers and gender b- 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 barriers is a picture of the church on mission.
0: I get the sense you've preached on that one before for about fifteen <laughs> years. <laughs> I love it. No, that's a that, that's a perfect example of what we're what we're talking about here. So, if if people have, are are listening to this and they and they can understand the perspective of the importance of expanding your circle, of embracing a, a diverse friendships, what are some action steps that you would encourage people to take? How would you recommend people reach out and not just learn from diverse friends, but also uh, also take the initiative of starting these relationships, these friendships? And what type of questions would you recommend or even topics you recommend that people should be open to talking about?
1: Uh, So this is what I would say, go do it. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, No, like, like literally go do it. Yeah. Um, You will, you will, you will know. So one of the things that I've done for years is I do a lot of my work at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And before I go to the coffee shop, I specifically pray Lord, bring people into my life that don't know you. And I've prayed that for years and years. And at the coffee shop, I've met so many different people. So, so this, 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 this what I say, number, number one, go do it. Number two, wherever you go, pray for God to bring people to you. Number three, be attentive to what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Be attentive to conversations. Be attentive to books that people are reading, things that they're doing. A few weeks ago, a young man, he was a Indian, was reading a book to uh, study uh, to become a doctor. And so, I said, what kind of doctor do you want to be? And that struck up a conversation. And event- eventually, I invited him to church and he goes, you know, uh, I'm not uh, a believer. I'm actually an atheist, but I really enjoy what you're saying. Hmm. And so, you know, just be sensitive, be aware, be prayerful, just go do it. And then when you have kids, there's going to be a network of relationships going to happen around the kids. But what I would say is is this, every follower of Jesus is a missionary and a minister. Ministry happens between Christians in relationship. Missionary is to reach those who are not yet in relationship. And I believe that both of those should be cross-cultural.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's incredible advice. Go do it. And I think too, if you have friendships or relationships with people who are different than you, don't be afraid to ask questions like, "Hey, could you help me understand this from your perspective?" You know, it's okay to say like, "I grew up in a whole different background than you. I, I come from a very different place. So, I would love to understand better." Your perspective on this, or help. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, and and you know that's 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 a hundred percent right. And what I would say is, even before you ask those questions, build relational equity. Yeah, because people don't want to feel like a project. Like totally. Oh, you just want to be my friend because you want to know what it's like in China. You don't really want to know me. Yeah. So, like, build relational equity and then kind of earn the right to have those types of conversations.
0: Mm, I I think that's great advice. You've shared a lot of wisdom in this conversation about what it means to embrace a diverse friendship circles. Is there any final thing that you would like to say around this topic of rediscovering the lost art of friendship uh, before we leave our time today?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So the first thing is I would say, um, friendship is a God thing. Um, friendship is a God thing. Jesus said, you are my friends. Okay. That's one. Number two, friendship is about mutuality. I'm giving to you to better you. You're giving to me to better me. If you're always, improving someone else's life, that's ministry. That's not friendship. You know what I'm saying? You want to mutually. And number three, please understand that we live in a culture now that's just set aflame with buzzwords. Diversity is one of those words. God is the author of diversity. Let's look at the animals. Hmm. Let's look at the different humans, right? So, that's not an issue. God created all people in his image and in every image of every person created is the image of God. Therefore, every human being is worthy of love, honor, and respect. I don't have to agree with you to love you, right? Specifically, as followers of Jesus, do not let late night cable and politicians steal from us that we are a people that go make disciples of all nations, that we are a people of ethnic diversity. For example, who would have ever thought that me, someone with African descent, and you with European descent, would follow a Jewish Messiah because a former church persecutor named Saul, who's a Jew, became Paul and reached Gentiles. So we are the product of a multi-ethnic, cross-cultural ministry and movement, and homogeneity slows that down.
0: That's a great word to end on, Duran. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate the conversation.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Do
0: you remember the salad we talked about at the beginning of this episode? Imagine how rewarding the taste experience is when you have those variety of flavors coming together in each bite, how each ingredient has learned to complement one another so well. God wonderfully designed every person to be unique in his or her own way, but he wisely said that man should not be alone. We have an opportunity to see a greater picture of how God works. and even learn a little more about him when we take the step to make friends with people who are different than you. It's like enjoying a different part of the masterpiece you had never noticed before. The master artist continues to create a beautiful mosaic of humanity, and he wants us to truly enjoy each element for what it is and for how it fits into the bigger picture. Now in our next episode, we will be breaking out our shovels to dig beneath the surface and see how deep roots of friendship get strengthened through openness and vulnerability in a conversation with Dr. Todd Hall.